eight of Rise and Thrive by S. Marie Music and Poetry. And today I have an amazing special guest. This person has been my best friend since fourth grade, and she has an amazing recovery story. And I'm going to let her tell it and share her success. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am amazing. Thank you for coming on today and sharing your story for other women or even men. This uh, podcast isn't just for one. Um, Even though as women, I can't say that I understand a man's point of view because I don't know what it's like to be a man. However, if they get something out of it, that's great too. Because everybody struggles with healing and trauma and addiction or depression or like as for me, I have... Um, an eating disorder that I'm completely recovered from, but you know, the, the patterns are still there and those are things that I had to heal so that I didn't go back into old ways. So as we know, anybody, yeah. anybody can have any of that. So yeah, you just wanted to come on to share your story. I, I'm doing this so that other people know they're not alone. And I want people to share their story and so they can see it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from and what you've been through, you can get out and you can be successful. There is life on the other side of addiction or depression or anxieties or eating disorders or whatever ails you. Yep, I agree. So tell us, like, do you know, like, when you knew you were struggling or did you have depression? How did it start? Just tell us your story. Tell us what you want us to hear. Well, I noticed, I think I wanted to say I started, my depression was 10 years old. Um, My mom worked too. Single parent. I had to get myself up and ready for school every day. I'd come home. She'd still be at work. I had to do my homework. And my closest friend, as you know, from the neighborhood was a mile away because it was a rural community. Um, I was always picked on and bullied because I was overweight. Um, I have eczema and in high school and in middle school and all through school, it was really bad. It's cleared up, but it's cool. Um, I was always the smart, nerdy one. I just got picked on a lot. Um, I didn't really have an outlet to let any was working. And who knows at 10 and 12 years old that, hey, let's talk about it to our friends. No, we are already embarrassed. Um, so I'd always, I'd always suffered from depression at age 12 with my first suicide attempt. Um, I had taken some of my mom's pills, hoping it would work. Uh, my mom was, found me, came home, and I was okay. Just a really bad, upset stomach at that point. Um, I, I don't know if you ever remember, the, the biggest bully I ever had, her name was Ashley Taylor. Um, and I hope and found a good way, but she made me feel so bad about myself, um, that I didn't belong. And you were my closest friend at the time, Shannon, and always have been, you knew more then than most did. Um, and then turning when I was, once I lost my virginity at age 16, when I moved from, um, Polk City. Illinois um after that I getting into sex addiction I was 16 and 17 online and tried to find men 
um, just to come over to have sex and fulfill that need. My mom was always still working. Um, I used to eat a lot. I used to always overeat just to subside the pain and stuff of always being alone. No brothers, no sisters, no family within any kind of distance at that age. Um, and it wasn't until my whole life and that's how I started drugs was I was still, I didn't love who I was. I was just trying to be someone, something. And don't get me wrong, my mom is a fantastic mom. She is my best friend. It, she is, without her, I wouldn't be here today. But she was doing the best she could being a single parent. I know, I had many conversations with your mom checking in on you um, when you were yeah. going through all of your stuff. That time, there was no talking to you until you're ready you know there was yeah. no talking to you you had to figure it out on your own just like I did because you nobody can teach you how to love yourself you have to yeah I mean they can model yeah. what loving yourself looks like by them loving themselves but nobody can get you to love yourself you have to actually do the work and heal to get yeah. to that point and she knew that yeah. and so we would just check on I mean I would call and check on you through your mom all the time, you know, until yeah. we had lots of conversations that you don't know anything about. Yeah, whenever I'd come around, she'd tell me like, hey, me and Shannon talked and it, always, it, it felt good in the back of my mind to know that I had you there too and that I wasn't alone and I knew I wasn't alone. So at the age of 24, I was married with, I'd been married for about four years at that point married to my wonderful daughter, Mackenzie's father, who, um, well, she's going to hear it because she's hearing the podcast, but, um, when I was, when Mackenzie was 18 months old, she raped me in front of her. Um, she went to the corner of the room and just hid there and wasn't sure what was up mm -hmm. because he had been sleeping on me and I was in no means to defend him. Um, after that, we were never the same. We were more like roommates. We did end up getting divorced, thank God. Um, I would never regret it because I have my kid. Mackenzie's my life. Um, but after leaving him, I wanted to fill that void. I still wanted to fill whole. I didn't. And then my second husband, uh, found he was good. Didn't know until later on, about a few months in, that he was into heroin and I was so naive not knowing what it was I even asked his ex-girlfriend what does a spoon and a syringe and this mean and she's like oh he's back on the stuff and I thought it was diabetic stuff honestly um it wasn't until I found out from her and confronting him and I made the stupid choice of saying condoning him to do illegal drugs just because I wanted him in my life um mm -hmm. at that point I got addicted to heroin and I was on heroin for for 10 years, homeless in Chicago. I sold everything in my apartment when he went to prison. My daughter was living with my mom. I was made sure no matter what, she was with my mom and safe. Um, but I sold everything, let everything go, and just went to the streets of Chicago. Uh, tried to get clean a few times, still wasn't ready. After you go to treatment the first two times, you already know what you need to do. It's, you're not ready to do it. Um, uh, long story short, I he went to prison, he got out, we were still together, but
beat me all the time, throw needles at me. If I didn't get enough dope for him and me, if he was going to be sick, it was my fault. Um, when I moved, my mom moved in 2017. She had said, hey, this is your chance. You want out of that life? Come with me and your daughter. And my daughter had always been my life. When my second husband went to prison, I tried to commit suicide in a McDonald's bathroom in Bolingbrook, Illinois. And because my daughter called me, paper came up on my phone and I called my mom. I was like, mom, I just did this. And she took me right to the hospital. That was when my mom first learned that, learned that I was a heroin addict. Um, she never let me go. She was always there for me. No, she wouldn't let me live with her and stuff, but she never gave up on me. So when she's like, we're moving to Oregon to be close to Mackenzie's father, I was like, cool. That the day she left was the day I was put in jail for drugs because that ex-husband or the husband at the time was trying to say, no, no, stay with me, stay with me. And I got charged with having drugs. God found it that I was able to get an eyeball on and get out. And I, my mom came, she backtracked two hours to come get me. And I'm so thankful she did. Um, speeding up to 2017, when I moved to Oregon, yeah, heroin, I was so tired of heroin. I didn't want that ever again. And I was ready to get clean. I got to school, but again, I still met that another man, you know? And he got me into meth and I had twins with him. Um, thank God none of the meth went into the twins. I think, yes, I used during my pregnancy, which I knew right then and there. What am I doing? <laughs> Um, I chosen to give them up because the twins' father is still out running on meth. That opened my eyes, and I knew I couldn't mentally take care of them. But I have them with someone who's a God-fearing family who has the means to take care of them, who is really good for them. But that made me go seriously. Where? What am I doing? You know. My mom getting sick, as you know, my mom's on hospice. Um, mm -hmm. And just that and losing, I, it snapped in my head like, what What are you doing, girl? And I went closer to God. I got myself back in school. This is about 2019. Um, my mom got really sick 2020, March, when COVID hit. And I, there was no more excuses. There's no oh, you can wait, or you can, no, no, it was like, you need to step the F up and be that adult that you are going to be. And that's when I started listening to podcasts and reading books, people and being more open about who I am, what I hated, what I didn't like about myself. I sought counseling. I will always recommend counseling. Um, if you actually want to use it, it works. So since 2019, I have since found myself. I still remain clean from heroin over four years now at this point. And I have been clean of meth for three years. Uh, I have graduated. Oh, Girl, you need to celebrate Girl, that. Yes, yes. I love it. Um, I just you know, did the silent yes with my fists and everything. <laughs> I was like, why am I being silent? <laughs> this is so amazing. Yeah, it, and I still get triggered. Don't get me wrong. With my Again, with my mom on hospice, there's now opiates in the house. And it's like, oh, dear Lord. 
it has made me grow stronger and stronger. Care of her and take care of my daughter like I'm supposed to be has been an honor, has made my life so happy and so blessed. It is that my ex that I let go of, I don't need him. I Look at me, I'm doing a damn. I have my own car, I have a house. My bills are paid. I, you know, I have a roof over my head. You went back to school. My, yeah, and it was going to school that I found my voice. The program I am in at Klamath Community College I, I recommend it to everyone. The teacher cares and he actually makes you learn and you learn so much that it opened my eyes in so many ways that people who don't have a voice such as addicts or people who are in prison getting clean so when they get out they can live a life. Let's help them. The cycle can end. You know, recovery is possible. So I got my um, associates in criminal so you to finish that with my bachelor's and I'm currently in the program for addiction studies at the college and my ultimate goal in three years is to have graduated SOU with a bachelor's a minor in psychology and a minor in addiction studies well on my way to get my CDAC one and two but I've also gotten my voice and I love who I am now I okay I'm a chunky monkey and you know what I like it you don't like my fluff, that's on you. I'm too much for you and I'm too bubbly, that's for you. I'm making my life where I need to be and I am never letting anyone or any substance of any kind affect that again. I yes, wake I up every morning and I am proud of who I am. My name in this community means something now. It's not looked down upon. I'm trying to start a program at the local college for mental health and substance abuse support for the students, you know? There's so many students on campus that are dealing with so much depression and they just need someone to vent to, or they could be homeless. I know of a student who was homeless, but by talking and getting resources, her and her daughter are not, no longer homeless. It has fueled that passion and that fire in me to help the students, help everyone. Every day, I try to make sure I make at least one person smile, one person laugh, and that I brighten someone's day. Whether it be my daughter's or someone at Starbucks or Dutch or Walmart or school, it warms my heart to make someone happy because then they get to feel that joy that I feel every day. And it's just utterly amazing. I love recovery. I remember when I was getting trying to get clean, I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. And watch me, yeah, fall back down. I didn't believe in myself, but I finally believe who I am, where I'm going, where I'm at, and seeing you do your thing, girl, has been such an inspiration. Every time I see something about Eric Thomas and whatnot, I'm like, yeah, there goes a silent, you know, yeah, go girl. And I am so proud of you. Seeing your motivation and where you're not letting yours go helped me to find me too. I needed to see, you know, someone else living that life and there's recovery in this town but i don't see many people living that full of a life because they're living it to the fullest so seeing yours and knowing what you've gone through helped me and i just wanted to help anyone and everyone who love yourself until you love who you are the way you're made fluff or no fluff you know 
If you're not one of the prettier ones, you're a black swan, or if you're a supermodel, we're all the same. We all bleed red. Love who you are and love who they are. Accept them, embrace them. Yeah. You you are so amazing. You are so amazing. I am, I'm, the girl who never shuts up is a little bit speechless. You have been through so much. You're, you're so powerful. You speak with so much conviction. You can hear the love that you have for yourself in the way that you speak about your goals and about where you want to go. And I am so, so proud to know you. And I'm so thankful that I was part of your journey. Like, like, I'm so glad that I got it together so that you could get it together. You know, I know that, that we see other people do things and then we, if they can, I can. And yeah. I mean, I went from high school dropout that was sexually assaulted for m- multiple years to an eating disorder, to multiple abusive relationships yep. instead of being with someone who truly loved me and liked me all the crazy, yeah. all my crazy. I just kept running from that and I just kept getting more crazy because I kept adding more damage and I truly believe everybody's rock bottom is different so for you your rock bottom was you went from heroin to meth then you lost your children and then your mom got sick and you were like oh my god like you couldn't take it anymore you you couldn't take it anymore right you just were like I can't take it anymore I can't live like this anymore and I can remember I was my afraid rock of the bottom. I was gonna hit. I was afraid of. Oh my god! I'm gonna have responsibilities, and I'm gonna have people holding me accountable. I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna try to make a change, I'm gonna have that big an effect on somebody. I was afraid of that. I know there's still so many people out there that have found recovery or have come from the depths of despair to look at them now, but they don't do it loudly, and I don't, and I. And I don't say that to boast about anyone's accomplishments, but be proud in who you are and where you've come. Say it out loud for others to hear and know that it's possible. And if no one knows where to start, I'm always there. I'm always like, hit me up, find a way to get a hold of me. And we will start. I think it starts with you, yourself, wanting to change. And then it starts with having a network of people that will love you unconditionally no matter what you do because if you don't have that ability to be able to get back up and go to somebody and say i I messed up again then then i feel like that you stay down or you never try to get up and i truly believe those two steps right there is just you don't need a whole bunch of people you just need one you had your mom i had my mom and I've have I've have you. I have several people. Uh, it's messy getting clean yeah. or coming out of depression or choosing not to smoke cigarettes or do any kind of drugs. Choosing to limit sugar because you have an addiction to sugar. Most most people do actually, yeah, uh, because it's very addicting and it tastes really good and or just choosing not to have an eating disorder uh choosing choosing yourself first is the hardest part i can tell you there has been many weeks 
not days, weeks that I was healing and healing was ugly. Like I would get, I could, I could fake it at work. I'm amazing. I could always fake it at work, but the moment all the way to the moment I got to work. And as soon as I got in my car, you, I was unrecognizable. Yep. crying uncontrollably because there was parts of me that I had to let go of. I had to heal. I had to say, that's not happening to you now. He is not them, you know, yeah. in dating or, or you have to love yourself enough to set a boundary. If you don't like what's happening, if he cares or she cares, they will respect your boundary. That goes for friendships, that goes for dating, that goes for work co-workers. You have to learn, because those when people cross your boundaries, I feel like that's when when you get triggered. Yeah, and I feel And you start spiraling. Down. And so you have to learn how to let go of the old and allow these yes. new people in. You have to be vulnerable, because if you're not vulnerable, you have walls up and you're not living. I mean, I've said it before on a podcast. I can remember sitting at a table. I don't know if I was by myself or who I was with. I might've been with my daughter and watching a family look into each other's eyes and really be gone in their, in themselves, like Uh truly living like you were watching a commercial. Yep. And I was like, I want that. I don't have that. I'm so inside of my head. I have so much anxiety. I'm not living. I don't know what that's like. And I want that. And now I can have that. Now I have that. I can get lost in my family and in doing things. Sometimes I get triggered and I get inside of my head. But for the most part, and then that's the other thing. I'm transparent about it. If I get triggered, I tell them. Hey, I'm triggered. Something's wrong. I don't know what it is yet. I'm figuring it out, but I have, I'm having, I'm having a PTSD trigger or I'm having anxiety. Something's not healed that I haven't, cause it comes out in layers that I haven't dealt with yet. Something about abandonment. Usually mine boils down to, um, because I was sexually assaulted all the, from 14 to 18. And so I didn't even know what it was like to have a real boyfriend. I didn't know it was, it's a lot. That story is, I wouldn't say it's difficult to talk about. It's just, we, we know how that goes. We know what happens right. when you're groomed and, and, and a older man or, or older woman for boys too. Cause it happens with the boys too. Uh, I think we don't talk about that enough. And, and, and then they're sexually assaulted because they're controllable because I was vulnerable. I moved around, I was transient. My dad that raised me was murdered. And then my brother, you know, my stepbrother who was like my brother, you know, he had CF and then when I was 17, he died of cancer. So I was very, my whole life was always chaos. And so that made me vulnerable to feeling stable because somebody loved me. Somebody thought I was beautiful. Somebody, you know, that it tricked me. It tricked me. It tricked me. Yeah, and so like we've heard that story before however like there's a lot of control and trauma in that sexual abuse as a minor I mean I was a child he was an adult so there was a power struggle there so I tend to not know how to say no I 
typically want that man to be pleased or happy with me because I don't know what the consequences are for standing up for myself. I do now. I stand up for myself. Or the opposite, I'll go crazy because I'm freaked out or scared because they aren't violent or they aren't reacting in anger. That actually yeah. used to be a trigger for me. Like if a man was like, oh, okay, I respect oh, your boundaries. No, I'd be like, what the, what do you mean you respect my boundaries? You know what I mean? Like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that's what I'm saying. I ran away from real love. I ran away from someone who truly loved me because that, that was too much. What do you mean you like me? What do you mean yeah. it's a, you're not going to scream at me because you're mad? What do you mean you're not going to throw me across the room because I don't, you know, respond the way you yep. want me to? Yeah. <laughs> and so That's now so that I love myself, I can actually let that in. But before, before I could not, mm -hmm. you know, in dating, yeah. I could not. I attra You attract oh, yeah. also what you are. Yeah. So your energy attracts you, kept attracting. I kept attracting abusive men because my energy was vulnerable yep, and needy because I didn't love myself. Yep. You're not going to attract men who care about you and who want what's best for you when your energy says otherwise. It's just yep. law of attraction. Now they don't even try to entertain it. You know, yep. like they know better. Yeah. Well, she ain't, oh, no. that ain't going to yeah. work. <laughs> So oh, yeah. you have to learn to have those boundaries and then stick to them. Oh, my goodness. The first time I ever spoke up for myself was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done. Yes, it is. But when you actually start speaking up for yourself, it feels amazing. And when I went into that, I started school. I went in in a yeah. business suit owning that room. Yeah, and I girl. owned because I believed in myself and that my voice matters and will make a difference whether it's one more person or thousands. You're going to be a thousands. You're going to be thousands. I feel like I'm going to see you on stage. Um, Let me know if you need any help. I'll be right there with you. If I ever do a catch up <laughs> girl, you're, you're with me. I We can do it. We get, Yep. Yep. I got you. You got me. I got you. I'm serious. I You're changing lives. You're changing lives. You don't even know you're changing. And that's the best part, and that's what keeps me going, is the lives I'm changing, I see much, but the ones I'm not even knowing about are the reason I keep going, because I was... Every time you post something about your recovery, every time you post something about your recovery on the internet, somebody you don't know sees it, whether you know that or not, and you might yep. be the reason they don't aren't dead. Yep. That's, yep. I agree. So you just keep going. And I love how you said, like, once you start speaking up for yourself, it does get easier. It doesn't get easier overnight, though. You have to, like, no. keep practicing that self-love and then and then hold that boundary because it's for you. It's not for them. They will respect it if they care about you and love you. Like, it, it won't matter because being in your space matters more than whatever it is that they are doing or it seems that they're doing that is affecting you the way that it is. And if they I don't respect it, they're not for you. Whether it's, like I said, whether it's your coworker, your friend, boundaries are for you to live a full life and be around people that bring value and add happiness, not take away or drain. 
it, yep. it's not all fairy tales and butterflies i'm not seeing that it's being not, in a relationship or trying to love someone unconditionally or being friends with somebody for a long time or having co-workers that you have to interact with and work with that stuff's hard but you don't have to interact with anybody who is not healthy for you yep. in your environment the one thing i always so, say is now is don't be afraid to speak up don't free don't don't be afraid of the nose if they, someone says yeah. no that means you still need to learn something and then try again and just love who you or are they're not for you yeah or they're not it for you you time, keep getting the nose until you get a yes because i took it took me two years to get a yes for eric thomas to come speak to my kids and that opened doors i never expected it to open i had mm -hmm. no idea what journey i was on i just knew i was doing what i was supposed to be doing and i was i was gonna get him and because of that determination and grit, I heard so many no's, so many no's. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, not for you, next. Okay, not for you, next. I don't care if I have to go through the alphabet 10 times. Somebody's going to tell me yes. Yep. And they did. Yep. I'm, oh, I so feel that. So you keep waiting on your yes, that program. You're going to have that program. I'm supposed to. And I'm going to an advocacy leadership conference conference in Washington, D.C. in the middle of March, funded by the school. So I'll pay yes. everything. I, I, you know, with that and the vice president of the school saying she loves it, she's for it. I'm just waiting. She presented it to the president of the school this week. So any time this coming week. And if the, okay, and if you're going to come back on here and tell us how it's going. You're coming back on here because you're going to get it. It's already a yes. Speak life into it. It's happening. It's going to happen. Yes. It's already a yes. Yeah, I will come back on. As soon as, as soon as I get that email, I will text you and we can do it. Yes. Okay. You got to come back on. You got to come back on in March when you go and you got to come back on after your program. You got to keep coming back on telling us how it's going so people can Always. see what it looks like years later because I think a lot of people are like oh they got clean now they love themselves but what happens when something bad happens it's been three, four years in the making and it's been honestly 36 years in the making exactly I've been trying to fight trying to actually love myself and loving myself who I'm doing be confident in what I'm doing it's taken three long years of slow goals, little piece by little piece, term by term, and getting it. And yeah. it's amazing where you end up when you just believe. And never think negative. Like, if something's going down, like, oh, I got a flat tire. Well, of God or your higher power saying, it's time to slow down. Rest, you've yep. done enough, take your peace, and then get back full and ready to go. You know, slow down. And I type every little sign, Sometimes no just means not yet. I love that. Sometimes no just means not yet. Yep. Girl, you're not amazing. <laughs> so are you. Oh my goodness. What do you want to leave with everybody before we get off? Know your self-worth. I know it takes forever for people to love who they are. Um, know your boundaries. Know that you're not here to please any person or any man or anything. If you're not happy, say something. And if they don't like it, they were meant for you. And just in your life. If, if there's anyone in um, suffering that's listening to this that has any addictions or anything that just needs to talk, 
Um, I can figure out a way to get you my email or a way to contact me. I will be that listening ear. I know what it's like just to have someone vent and not even agree with you, but just talk to you. Don't ever be your, afraid. I'll put your Facebook in there in the comments under the questions so they can reach out to you if they don't want to reach out to me. Or if they just want to reach out to you and get more information. Or maybe they live down the street from you and they want to go to your new program that's going to be a yes any day now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, girl. Thank you for I coming you, on. And yeah, just own I it. love you. I'm proud of you too. Be the change you want to see in this world. Don't be afraid Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. All right, girl. I'm going to see you hopefully really soon. Thank you for coming on. And I know that everybody will look forward to hearing from you after your program gets started and you go to DC and you have lots more to share and you have all these years of journeys. Cause I don't think this podcast is going anywhere except for up. All right. Yep. Believe. Have a great day. Love you, girl. Bye. Bye.